You're going to love this. Just love it. Says you. Angeles on 90.7 FM KPFK Pacifica Radio in LA, 98.7 FM in Santa Barbara, 93.7 FM in San Diego, 99.5 FM in Ridgecrest and China Lake, 91.7 FM KYAQ up on the Oregon Central Coast, where I think it's beautiful this time of year. And, of course, coast-to-coast and around the globe on kpfk.org, on the Stitcher app, on the TuneIn app, on the Progressive Voices channel, on Netroots Radio, on Indie Media Weekly, and now on iTunes. Yes, you can run, but you can't hide. This is your Bradcast. I am Brad Friedman, your friendly citizen, investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker, and all-around swell fellow, says me... If not the uh, GOPer who is now threatening to sue me, yes, we will be talking about that on today's broadcast. Uh, oh, it's a big show. It's and how we'll fit it all in, I have no clue. Uh, it's great to be back. First, my thanks to our producer uh, Desi Doyen, my co-host on the uh, on the Green News Report, and our producer here for filling in for me last week at the last second. Uh, to guest host while I was called into jury duty. Uh, thank you, Desi. Did, did you have a good time? Yeah, it was great. It was a lot of fun. We had yeah. a good time, even though the power went out right before the show because we had a heat wave and the block went out. We actually got right back on the air thanks to the crack engineering team here. Yes, you did, did you did the show under the most ridiculously difficult uh, uh, circumstances ever well, for I the can first think time. Well, harder circumstances, but yes. Well, that's true. But, I mean, it was crazy stupid for someone who's never uh, uh, done that before, and I think you did a terrific job. Well, thanks. So, it was uh, fun. Thank you for that. And also thanks to uh, Marco Paya, for coming out of Bradcast retirement uh, to join you uh, and coming out of JPL and her Mars project to, to join you. She's our uh, former super-duper associate producer. Great to have her back. Uh, so thanks, and uh, glad you had fun. And I was on uh, jury duty, as I mentioned. Yeah. And, and I may uh, talk about some of the details uh, in the show because, I- incredibly, it, it had something to do with a story that we have been covering for a long time. And uh, one that I'm going to be talking about here shortly. Uh, but I was actually, I, you know, everybody I talked to said, I'm going on jury duty. They said, no way they're going to want you on jury duty. Why? And I, well, that's what I thought. I said, you know, why? Why not me? Uh, well, I actually got uh, called. I was uh, brought into the juror box there with, with everybody. Uh, and I was asked questions of the, the judge, of the, uh, 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 the prosecutor in this case. 
about whether I could, you know, judge this case fairly. Uh, and I may go into uh, some of the details, but uh, it wasn't long before I was released. You will not be shocked to hear. Uh, are you surprised that they did not want me on the on the jury? I I am not that surprised <laughs> that you are not on the jury. As it, yeah, yeah. As it turns out, I was not supposed to, but I was running my iPhone. I was actually recording what was going on inside the courtroom. Wait, is that legal? Uh, probably not. But mm-hmm. I have. Do you want to hear a little bit about? The, and this probably explains why I got tossed off the jury. Do, do you want to hear a little bit? Yeah, of yeah. I would love. I would love to hear uh, uh, what you. All right. What, what, what well, this there. is uh, th- this is uh, just just a snip because we got a lot to get to, but just a clip of of probably why I wasn't on the, on this case and why I was released last week from jury duty. You're out of order. You're out of order. The whole trial is out of order. Yeah. They're out of order. Yeah, that man. That, that was that, yeah. crazy. Yeah, they didn't. Uh, they, that didn't go over so well. No, I don't. They didn't care for that. They did not care for that, and and I was released shortly thereafter, uh, which is too bad actually, because it was an interesting case, and maybe I will talk about it. But uh, yeah, it it didn't go well. Uh, okay, uh, coming up on today's show, much more of the um, horrible, horrific story of this federal judge, Mark Fuller, uh, who beat the crap out of his wife in an Atlanta hotel room in early August. Uh, we now have some of the chilling, and I mean chilling, 911 audio of his wife calling in uh, and, and begging for help. Uh, and you can hear her getting uh, smacked around by this federal judge. Um, and, you know, this is not this is not a crime show per se. But uh, because this is a federal judge, because he has a lifetime appointment, uh, because he is getting a pass from the court system under the guise of him being a first-time offender, which we have evidence and documents that I will read to you on this show uh, to suggest he is anything but a first-time offender, uh, I think it's important we stay on this. And also... Because so few other people are covering it because these uh, congressmen and women and the president and the vice president, they are all outraged by what happened uh, with Ray Rice in the NFL. And they should be. But at the same time, a federal judge can only be fired by an act of Congress, by an impeachment. And they don't seem to have quite as much to say about that as they do uh, about the NFL. So we will be talking about that uh, presently. Uh, Also, uh, some uh, breaking news out of Wisconsin this afternoon uh, in in a week with a lot of news out of Wisconsin. I'll give you the breaking news right now because we don't have a lot of details on it yet. But this investigation of Scott Walker cronies, these right wing groups who helped him uh, win his his recall election back in 2012. These right wing groups uh, were apparently coordinating together and coordinating with Scott Walker. Uh, At least that is what is being investigated. And a right wing judge came along and said, no, 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 you can't investigate that at all. Stop this investigation, this John Doe investigation and destroy all the documents that you've collected so far. Well, The prosecutors in Wisconsin appealed that decision, and as of this afternoon, that ruling has been overturned. The investigation is back on in Wisconsin. Game on, Uh, Mark uh, Scott Walker. Uh, But also more news on the election there, which is going to be, uh, well, quite a barn burner, I suspect, uh, including some uh, threats of violence up in Wisconsin. That's ahead. Uh, 
The big story, though, that I uh, am really looking forward to getting to this afternoon, you recall the 2012 GOP voter registration fraud scandal that we broke on this uh, very broadcast. We broke a lot of pieces of this. We had Susan Booker, the Palm Beach County supervisor, uh, 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 supervisor of elections from Florida. Uh, as this story broke, as she first discovered all of these fraudulent registration forms turned in by this right wing outfit that had been hired by the Republican National Committee. Uh, we spent a lot of time covering this back in 2012 at Bradblog.com and, of course, here on the Bradcast. Um, well, we've got some news in that case. We've got yet another arrest and the man who uh, owns the company. That was at the center of all of these allegations that spread across the country. He has now sent some email threatening to sue me to take legal action against the Brad blog unless I remove all of the stories or something. We will get to that. His name is Nathan Spruill, uh, if you recall him. Sometimes I call him Sproul. I believe it's actually Spruill. Uh, rhymes with fool. So we will get to that. Desi Doyen will uh, join us again uh, on the Green News Report. It was a big week. It is a big week. Climate Week 2014 with the largest climate demonstrations in the history of the planet. Uh, this week, 400,000 people were marching in Midtown Manhattan on Sunday. So all of that and more straight ahead. Uh, and a Mark Fuller, but a, a quick word before I get to this, uh, uh, again, to this Mark Fuller case. I just want to say, uh, with everybody out there talking about what is going on uh, in the Middle East, the response to ISIS, we talked a little bit about it recently on this show. Y'all remember ISIS? Remember ISIS? By the ISIS. That's ISIS. That's ISIS. That's a that's a little treat. That's a little treat for uh, our uh, people around my age who grew up in the 70s and remember, oh, mighty ISIS. I, you know, I, it was a Saturday morning adventure show. She was a superhero, uh, an Egyptian goddess. Uh, you know, when I from here on out and actually this has been the case at Bradblog.com now for a while, when whenever we have to talk about ISIS, I'm going to use the picture of that beautiful woman who played the superhero Isis from the Saturday morning uh, TV show because I am not going to give the attention to these uh, thugs and murderous jackasses out there who want our attention, who want the media to freak out, who invite this attack that we are now delivering to them in the uh, in the Middle East. This is exactly what they want. Uh I think it is insane that we are doing it. I think what's actually more insane is the way that uh, politicians and now the media and, of course, therefore, the public are now freaking out about ISIS, freaking out so much so that you've got S Senator Lindsey Graham, who freaks out about everything, by the way, uh, being mocked appropriately by Jon Stewart uh, a few days ago on The Daily Show. This is not Somalia. This is not Yemen. This is a turning point in the war on terror. Our strategy will fail yet again. This president needs to rise to the occasion before we all get killed back here at home. <clears throat> really? <laughs> all of us. All of us. <laughs> yes. Uh, 
Yes, all of us. Uh, Desi uh, types on the screen, bedwetters unite. Exactly. Uh, they should be mocked. They should be ridiculed. There may be action that uh, should be taken against them. A case needs to be made. It really hasn't. Uh, but the attention that we're giving them is just what they want. I won't do it. Uh, instead, I'll give them uh, oh, mighty ISIS instead. Mighty ISIS. Yeah. All right, that's the best. That's the best I'm going to give them. Uh, we're, we are not playing along. Everyone else can. Everyone else can freak out. Lindsey Graham can hide under his bed. We ain't going to do it. Uh, stuff that does matter here at home. Mark Fuller, federal judge with a lifetime appointment, $200,000 a year salary that we, the people, the taxpayers are paying for. <sighs> to quickly review the story, uh, he beat the hell out of his wife in a Ritz-Carlton hotel room in Atlanta on, on, uh, on the night of August 9th. The police were called. The police showed up. The room smelled of alcohol. The judge was lying on the bed unscathed. The wife had apparently been uh, struck uh, repeatedly in the face, had been kicked, had been grabbed by the hair, dragged around the room. She had blood on her face. There was The police found blood in the, uh, in the bathroom, in the, on the bathtub. Uh, the she uh, the judge, of course, according to the police, was unscathed. The wife said that she had challenged uh, Judge Mark Fuller because he was having an affair with his law clerk. Now, the wife, Kelly Fuller, uh, had previously been his bailiff in the court, uh, and he was apparently cheating on his first wife with her some years ago. So he uh, is a repeated philanderer. Uh, and there is evidence that he is a repeated domestic abuser. Judge Mark Fuller, this is all in Alabama. Uh, he was in Atlanta, but the case is uh, he, he presides over the Middle District Court in Alabama, federal jury, federal court. Uh, he can only be removed by Congress and an impeachment. Uh, he is most well known for presiding over the Don Siegelman case, the former Alabama governor, the Democrat who was by all pretty much all accounts railroaded by Karl Rove, who worked for years in uh, in Alabama with Judge Fuller before he was a judge, back when Fuller was the head of the Republican Party. Fuller had a longtime grudge against Don Siegelman. This popular Southern Democratic governor who people were even talking about running for president. And instead of recusing himself from the case, Mark Fuller stayed on it. And when Siegelman was found guilty and sentenced, instead of letting him go free on appeal, uh, you know, pending appeal, he ordered him locked up in leg irons, shackled and shuffled off to jail, where he spent the next six, uh, six or eight months until he was able to get free on appeal. And now he is back spending six and a half years in the federal penitentiary. That's the governor who was accused of something that 113 former attorneys general say has never been a crime before. Something to do with bribery, even though he uh, never received any money personally. And so these are bipartisan attorney generals say that the case was a joke, and yet he is serving time. Meanwhile, Mark Fuller beats the crap out of his wife, goes into court, tells the, uh, tells the judge, oh, this is my first time, judge, uh, let me have a pretrial diversion 
and the judge gave it to him, which means that he does not have to go to jail. He does not have to even have pro- he doesn't even he won't even be prosecuted if he goes to 24 weeks of domestic abuse counseling once a week, domestic abuse counseling. And if the judge approves his uh, evaluation on drug and alcohol issues, that's all it takes. He's off scot-free. He keeps his lifetime appointment as a federal judge. He was appointed by George W. Bush, by the way, in 2002. The only people who can get rid of this judge is Congress. And we know how uh, how well they're doing. Uh, they... Uh, have now broken. They came back for about eight days from their summer vacation, literally eight days from their summer vacation. And then they went off for their next vacation, for their next recess. They won't be back again, in theory, until after the election. So if anything is going to happen vis-a-vis impeachment, it's going to have to happen, I guess, much farther down the road. In the meantime, this guy continues to serve. His ca- his uh, caseload has been taken away from him for the moment. The 11th Circuit Court is investigating. But, you know, we have senators uh, who were absolutely outraged about what happened I- with the NFL. And a bunch of female uh, senators uh, sent notes to the NFL complaining about the treatment of Ray Rice, who was let off the hook until video appeared showing that, you know, he he knocked out his wife in this elevator. Senators like uh, Senator uh, Gillibrand from New York, she was furious about it, justifiably so. And they sent letters to the NFL complaining about it. And yet they did, as far as I know, Senator Gillibrand has not called for the impeachment of federal Judge Mark Fuller, U.S. District Judge Mark Fuller. Why? I don't know. But I was happy to see MSNBC contributor, finally, while I was out on jury duty uh, a week or so ago, MSNBC contributor Goldie Taylor, uh, who I believe follows me on the Twitters, which you can do, too, by the way. I am the Brad blog over there. And she finally brought it up on MSNBC because nobody has been covering it. Nobody has been covering this uh, this case of this federal judge. And so she finally brought it up on air on uh, Al Sharpton's uh, Politics Nation show on MSNBC a few days ago after they were airing uh, footage of Senator Gillibrand being justifiably angry about what happened uh, in the NFL. Here's Goldie Taylor. But what I have to ask Senator Gillibrand and the others who signed that letter, I am very pleased and very proud that they stood up and called the NFL out on this. But what about, you know, the uh, Judge Mark Fuller down in Alabama? Yes. Why haven't they called for his impeachment? Yes. Why this case and why not the Mark other? Mark Fuller, for, for our about viewers this. that don't know, is a federal judge who uh, had yeah, Absolutely, a federal judge who, who, who beat his wife here in Atlanta, wife. got a diversionary right. program. But no one has called for and his impeachment. Why not that? And still, and he's on, the still bench. on the bench because and still has his job. The NFL is in the spotlight right now, and I think that's a big part of it. Yeah, and that was the uh, at the end there. Uh, the NFL is in the spotlight. That's a big part of it. That was a CBS sports reporter who was on the show. Yes, the NFL is in the spotlight. Why? Because the media is putting a spotlight on the NFL. If the media were putting a spotlight on federal judge Mark Fuller, who beat the crap out of his wife, who beat her bloody, who repeatedly uh, hit her in the face, punched her, threw her to the ground, dragged her around by her hair, kicked her, bloodied her face. If the media was focusing on that, yes, there would be a spotlight on Judge Mark Fuller. 
who it seems to me should be judged by a far higher standard than a guy in the NFL, who, by the way, also received a pretrial diversion program and will be off the hook. Ray Rice has lost his job for life. Mark Fuller hasn't. Uh, so thank you to Goldie Taylor for finally bringing this up on MSNBC. And thanks to those. Last time I was doing this show, I, I you know asked people, get out there, make noise about it, call these people out. And people did. And people were writing to Chris Hayes on MSNBC and saying, hey, why haven't you covered this? And the good news is Chris Hayes finally did. Uh, he did it at least twice, and he was able to obtain something that I haven't been able to obtain. I've been trying to get it, this 911 call, this horrifying 911 call uh, that we had heard about. AP wrote about it, but they didn't release the tape. Chris Hayes finally uh, was able to obtain and play a part of that tape. We are going to play it now. This is Kelly Fuller uh, calling the 911 dispatcher. From the Ritz-Carlton hotel room, begging for help, repeating over and over, he's beating on me. And by the way, one of the reasons why I suspect that people have been uh, furious about the NFL and ignoring a federal judge who sits in judgment of others is because there's no video. But we do have audio. And on this audio, listen closely to this audio, because you can actually hear what appears to be the judge smacking his wife, Kelly Fuller, repeatedly during the course of this call. I believe this is just a clip from the call, uh, but I want to play it. So listen closely. Kelly Fuller talking to the 911 uh, dispatcher on the night of August 9, 2014, at the Ritz-Carlton in Atlanta as she's being beaten by federal judge Mark Fuller. What's going on? Excuse me? Domestic receipt. Okay, with yourself and who else? I'm a calling. I need help. What's your name? Kelly Fuller. Okay, do you need an ambulance? Yes, please. Kelly? Kelly? Okay. She needs an ambulance. I'm sending the police. They're in a domestic fight now at the Ritz-Carlton. Please help me. He's beating on me. Did you hear that? That was U.S. District Court Mark Fuller from the Middle District of Alabama uh, in the background. Allegedly, I guess I should add, even though he's agreed to a, a plea deal, allegedly smacking his wife, his wife, Kelly Fuller, his second wife, uh, who he recently married after his divorce two years ago. And the reason I uh, don't even want to say allegedly is because of what that previous wife had to say two years ago in divorce papers that have since been sealed, despite the wife the, the previous wife, two years ago, Lisa Boyd Fuller, asking the court to not seal those divorce papers. I'm going to read to you what she had to say uh, in a moment, but let me play you again that audio. And before I do, l let me say, uh, when I had uh, run this at Brad Blog and some of these other documents, I think it was uh, Christine Pelosi, the uh, daughter of Nancy Pelosi. Uh, she follows me on Twitter as well, at the Brad blog. Um, 
she said, you know, I, I hate to re-victimize Kelly Fuller all over again, but it was because of, uh, you know, but people need to hear this audio because it was because of the video that people uh, took action in the Ray Rice case. So maybe releasing the audio, maybe if people hear this judge beating up his own wife, maybe they'll take some action. What's going on? Um, this is domestic. Excuse me? A domestic receipt. Okay, with yourself and who else? I'm a calling. I need help. What's your name? Kelly Fuller. Okay, do you need an ambulance? Yes, please. Kelly? Kelly? Okay. She needs an ambulance. I'm sending the police. They're in a domestic fight now at the Ritz-Carlton. Please help me. He's beating on me. Uh, I I just think that's a chilling and uh, remarkable tape. Now, uh, since we have been making noise about this uh, on this show, since we have been making noise about it at bradblog.com when so few apparently haven't, uh, there has finally been some action, finally been some action from some folks in Congress. Senator Richard Shelby and Senator Jeff Sessions, both Republicans of Alabama, uh, who, uh, who recommended Mark Fuller for the job back in 2002, they have both called for his resignation. The entire uh, congressional delegation in Alabama has now called for the resignation of Judge Mark Fuller. Uh, both of the uh, women uh, of the delegation, there's only two, uh, only one of them is a Democrat, Terry Sewell, uh, have called for uh, either resignation or impeachment. Uh, resignation would be too good for this guy. Frankly, impeachment is too good for this guy. Senator Claire McCaskill, Democrat of Missouri, has also called uh, for his resignation, as has Alabama Governor Robert Bentley, a Republican, as well as uh, the Democratic gubernatorial candidate this year, Parker Griffith. The uh, AL.com, that's the Alabama Media Group, they have called for him to resign and to be impeached. So has the Dothan Eagle editorial board, the Montgomery Advertiser editorial board. These are all uh, papers, outfits in Alabama nationally. Not so much. Very little outrage. Finally, just a day or two ago, we heard from the Washington Post. The Washington Post finally called for an investigation and impeachment of wife-beating federal judge Mark Fuller. They cited the Constitution, which says that federal judges, quote, shall hold their offices during good behavior. For life, that is, unless they commit an impeachable offense, which brings us to the allegations of domestic violence against Mark E. Fuller, a U.S. District Court judge in Montgomery, Alabama, writes the Washington Post. They say, uh, as we read history, uh, impeachment for off-the-bench misconduct by a federal judge is rare. Impeachment for domestic violence would be unprecedented. However, it belongs on the list of offenses potentially serious enough to warrant disqualification from, quote, any office of honor, trust, or profit under the United States. Certainly, says the Washington Post editorial board, it fits no reasonable definition of, quote, good behavior as described in the Constitution, Presiding over a federal court, unlike football, is not a game. 
If the facts of Judge Fuller's case warrant it, Congress should not hesitate to proceed against him. The facts of the case most definitely warrant it. And the fact that he is getting a pretrial diversion, given what was in his 2012 divorce documents from his previous wife, make this all the more outrageous. I'm going to read you just a a, a snippet from these documents before we uh, head on over to a break. But two years ago, in 2012, after uh, his previous wife, Lisa Fuller, had accused the judge of cheating on her with a court bailiff who turned out to be Kelly, the wife who has just been beaten up, the second wife. Uh, The first wife, Lisa, filed for divorce, and in the divorce proceedings, uh, she filed a request for admission to the plaintiffs. This is standard in court cases. They ask uh, if the plaintiff admits or denies various things. Let me read you some of the things that Lisa Boyd Fuller, Mark Fuller's first wife, had asked him to admit or deny. Number seven, admit or deny that you have driven a vehicle while under the influence of alcohol during the course of your marriage. Number eight, admit or deny that you have driven a vehicle under the influence of alcohol and with more uh, with one or more of your children in the vehicle as passengers during the course of your marriage. Those are the uh, those are the easy ones. Number 12, admit or deny that you have cursed your spouse and directed abusive language towards your spouse. Number 13, admit or deny that you have hit, kicked, struck or otherwise physically abused your spouse during the course of your marriage. Number 14, admit or deny that you have hit, kicked, struck or otherwise physically abused your children during the course of your marriage to the plaintiff. Number 16, admit or deny that you you are addicted to prescription medication. You get the idea. It goes on and on. It also asks about the uh, continuing an extramarital affair with with the court uh, uh, bailiff and so forth. I didn't read those. But the reason I'm uh, reading these admissions is because they appeared in 2002. Now, we don't know how uh, Judge Fuller answered these admissions, so they are only allegations at this time. But the reason we don't know how he answered them is because he asked the court to seal the divorce records, despite the wife adamantly objecting to them being sealed. And I'm told by legal experts that it is very unusual for them to seal the divorce papers when one of the parties does not want them sealed. But they were sealed in this case. So we don't know how he responded to them. But the fact that the uh, allegations she made, his first wife made, against this federal judge in their divorce documents mirror almost exactly what we heard happening two years later with the second wife, who is accusing him of having an affair with a co-worker, who police said, uh, you know, was drinking in this room, who they found evidence of her hair all over the room, blood in the bathtub. Uh, It sounds to me like we've got a repeat offender. And unless that repeat offender faces some accountability, that repeat offender is most likely going to do it again. Right now, he's facing no accountability. None. 24 weeks, once once a week, goes for an hour to domestic counseling. Sounds like fun. Gets to keep his $200,000 a year job. There's much more about Mark Fuller that we haven't yet even had time to get into. But for now, I think this is enough. 
I got a note from Credo uh, Action, a phone company, a progressive phone company that actually uh, tries to do some good in this world. Got an email from them that they have now set up an impeachment petition at credoaction.com. They said it's uh, going to be on the front page, but if it's not when you go there— You can uh, just search for Mark Fuller and you will find it. Uh, They are calling for his impeachment. Of course, he should be impeached. He should get much worse. He should be prosecuted. And the fact that uh, he has yet to be prosecuted, the fact that he may completely escape prosecution altogether, should outrage everyone in America, frankly. Now, the judge has not approved his uh, pretrial diversion. She won't, apparently, until after his uh, counseling is done in 24 weeks. But he can still be prosecuted. He should be prosecuted. The fact that he's uh, getting off with a resignation, maybe, is a gift. Impeachment, that's a gift. This man deserves to be in jail. CredoAction.com. And more details at bradblog.com. <sighs> Pay attention. We can do something about this. Take a quick break, come back with much more Bradcast, and I'll even try to cheer you up with a guy who is suing me. You're listening to the Bradcast. I'm Brad Friedman. Stay tuned. they say democracy in the usa what 
Yes, we've got elections coming up in uh, just a few weeks here in the USA. Uh, but before, and we got some news on those elections. But before we do, we've got some news about the 2012 election. Welcome back. This is your broadcast on Pacifica Radio and other fine affiliate uh, outlets. I'm Brad Friedman from bradblog.com. Okay, well, uh, let's see. Oh, actually, I misspoke before we went to the break. I said uh, that I was being sued by this GOP guy. No, I'm just being threatened with a lawsuit. We'll see what happens. Uh, also, Desi Doyen will be uh, joining us momentarily with the uh, Green News Report on a big Climate Week 2014. Uh, but let me get into some of this detail. Some of you may remember back in 2012, in the lead up to the 2012 presidential election, there was this explosion of voter registration fraud charges uh, leveled against this GOP outfit. The Republican National Party had hired this outfit by the name of Strategic Allied Consulting in a whole bunch of uh, important states, Florida, Colorado, Virginia, North Carolina. And it was in Palm Beach County, Florida, where all of a sudden fraudulent voter registration forms started showing up. Hundreds of them, we were told at the time. The supervisor of elections down there, Susan Booker, uh, was on this broadcast uh, to tell us about these fraudulent registrations that she first discovered uh, in Florida. Uh, and we had her on, I think, the, the day it happened or the next day. Uh, then it spread to about five or six other counties in Florida. They were also finding fraudulent registrations. Then it spread to other uh, states, North Carolina, Colorado, Virginia, et cetera, et cetera. And it was all uh, seemingly done by people, by workers who were working for this Republican outfit named Strategic Allied Consulting. Nobody had ever heard of this company because it turns out that the RNC had asked the guy by the name of uh, Nathan Spruill to create this company, but to not use his name on the papers, to create this company to do get out the vote work, to do voter registration work in a bunch of important swing states. But don't put his name on it because Nathan Spruill had a terrible reputation going all the way back at least to the 2004 election. In election cycle after election cycle, uh, Nathan Spruill's companies were accused of voter registration fraud, of only signing up Republicans, of, of destroying Democratic voter uh, registration cards. Now, uh, they were never the company. Spruill's companies were never actually found guilty. But there was I think there was three different uh, attorneys general uh, investigations in different states going back to 2004. A lot of evidence that, uh, for example, here, here's one that the Palm Beach uh, Post uh, mentioned just this week. We've been reporting on this guy for years. Uh, let's see. I like this one. Uh, uh, in Oregon, Kathleen and John Gomez registered with a Spruill worker in 2004. Kathleen registered as a Democrat, John as a Republican. Only John's registration made it to the county clerk's office. A subcontractor working for Spruill later said employees were paid only for registering Republicans or for non-Republicans who planned on voting for Bush at the time. As this scandal in Florida and other states moved forward, and as we covered it on the Bradcast and on the Brad blog... Uh, and over at Salon and elsewhere, um, I began to notice a pattern. <laughs> and the pattern was that in state after state, it appeared 
that Nathan Spruill's uh, registration workers had been trained to trick potential registrants. He would uh, instruct them to go up to somebody uh, to set up in front of a library or in a town square and ask a potential uh, voter registrant uh, who they intended to vote for, Mitt Romney or Barack Obama. If they said Mitt Romney, they would help him uh, or her sign up to vote. Great. Would you like to register? Here, let me help you. Here's some papers. If they gave the wrong answer to that pretend survey question, if they said Barack Obama, then the workers were uh, trained to say, OK, great. Thank you for participating in our survey. Have a nice day. I was able to find evidence of this in state after state on video, uh, video reports, uh, written reports, uh, testimony from from people throughout these investigations. This was the scam that the Republican Party was using to sign up Republicans and not sign up Democrats to vote. Now, you remember all the pretend allegations that Acorn was somehow working for Democrats and was committing voter fraud and everything. Well, they weren't. The fact of the matter is some of their workers were indeed defrauding the system. And uh, almost all of them were actually caught by Acorn themselves, who would confirm the registrations before they were turned in. Apparently, Spruill's uh, outfits never confirmed anything. They seem to have just turned them in as is. And unlike Acorn, uh, who was a nonpartisan organization, the Republican Party had given uh, Spruill tens of millions of dollars going back to 2004. 1.3 million, I think, in Florida alone, a total of uh, three or five million dollars. I don't have the numbers in front of me uh, in the 2012 cycle to run this scam to suppress the opportunity to vote for Americans if they had the temerity of not supporting who Nathan Spruill and Strategic Allied Consultant Consulting and his other companies, Spruill and Associates, Lincoln Strategy Group, uh, if they had the temerity to not want to support Republicans. Go to hell. Go register somewhere else. We're not going to help you. Now, there is evidence that in some places uh, that practice may very well be illegal. Uh, federally, I don't know that it is. But, uh, for example, in Nevada, uh, there seems to be uh, some question about whether this is legal at all. And yet he has never been prosecuted for it. His companies have never been prosecuted for it. In that regard, he has a clean bill of health. And I have, uh, you know, as this story was unfolding back in 2012, I was spending uh, quite a bit of time chatting with him via email and uh, later over Twitter, uh, and he was commenting both on and off the record. Uh, he, I had asked him about ACORN. Why didn't you speak out when the allegations against ACORN were happening uh, much as they're happening against you? And he said that uh, they self-reported all of their fraudulent voter registrations. He said, quote, that took cur- tremendous courage. Frankly, Republicans should have applauded them for defending the integrity of the system in that case. He was talking about ACORN. Yeah, they should have applauded him. Of course, Nathan Sproul didn't speak out, didn't applaud them, didn't make noise, saying, hey, wait a minute. Uh, the Republican Party is trying to railroad ACORN. ACORN was destroyed. Nathan Sproul is still in business, although he did get fired by the Republicans back in 2000 and, uh, 2012 as this was going on. Well, let's move the clock forward now. Two years later, here we are, 2014. 
Uh, and all of a sudden, I get an email from Nathan Sproul, who I had otherwise been very friendly with, who had been complimentary of my work uh, to, in, in some regard. He said, uh, quote, uh, this is one, from one of the emails a couple of years ago. You strike me as a straight shooter. He said, even if our political views may be different, I'm willing to trust my on the record comments to a straight shooter, which I am. Several times he thanked me for opening the dialogue, for giving him a chance to reply, noting that he was happy to have his uh, perspective told, which I did when he would allow me. So all is well and good until uh, a couple of days ago, while I'm on jury duty or just before I went on jury duty, I get an email from Nathan Spruill that says, quote, and I'll read you the whole email, quote, I'm sure you'll want to clear up the, quote, ever-expanding, unquote, voter registration story of two years ago. You are now put on notice that the stories you currently have on your website have been proven by law enforcement to be inaccurate. Take them down immediately or my attorney will be in contact with you. Now, he doesn't specify what story or stories. Uh, He quotes ever-expanding, but he doesn't uh, say where that comes from, so I, I don't know. Uh, I showed this to uh, several different attorneys who sort of scoffed at it and said, well, this is ridiculous. He doesn't say what stories. He doesn't say what's inaccurate. Uh, I stand, by the way, by all my stories. Uh, I know of no inaccuracies in any of uh, the stories. I covered about 18 different stories uh, on the 2012 GOP voter registration fraud scandal at which Nathan Spruill was at the center. Anyway, it looks like he was talking about a Florida Department of uh, Law Enforcement FDLE investigation uh, into the 2012 scandal, which has now wrapped up two years later, and it has resulted in yet another arrest, the fourth arrest in Florida uh, of a a strategic allied consulting contractor, a worker that was uh, hired by Nathan Spruill's company. This guy was 52-year-old William Hazard. He was arrested in Palm Beach. He was charged with nine counts of voter registration fraud just uh, a week ago, week and a half ago, at the end of this uh, two-year-long investigation. This was the guy who had turned in those registration forms that we talked about on this show two years ago with the Palm Beach County Registrar Voters in Florida. So he has now been arrested and uh, charged. We'll see what happens there. Uh, At the same time, uh, the uh, Florida Department of Law Enforcement found that Spruill's company was not involved in a conspiracy. Uh, at least the conspiracy not involved in a conspiracy to commit voter registration fraud. At least they found no evidence of that. They did, however, confirm our reporting at the Brad blog about this deceptive, scammy technique where voter registration workers lie to voters by pretending to be pollsters and only sign up Republicans. They, in fact, confirmed that reporting. Uh, and the thanks that I get now is Nathan Spruill is uh, saying uh, his attorney will be in contact with me if I don't take down some unspecified articles. So they confirmed my reporting, and Nathan Spruill is uh, threatening to sue me for that, uh, for my reporting being correct in 2012. He goes on to quote Raymond Donovan, quote, which office do I get my repu- do I go to to get my reputation back? That was Raymond Donovan, uh, Ronald Reagan labor secretary, who was charged and then acquitted of something or other. 
Uh, he quotes only the final line of the story from the Sun Sentinel, which says, quote, investigators found the voter fraud was conducted by individuals who acted on their own and not at the firm's direction. Department of Law Enforcement spokeswoman Gretel Plessinger said. OK, well, that's fine. Uh, they didn't find uh, any evidence that Spruill was involved in a conspiracy there. Uh, but I wonder why Spruill didn't uh, quote the part from that very same article in which it was confirmed that Richard Hazard uh, was uh, told to go to grocery stores, shopping centers, and other similar places to ask people who they were voting for. If they were voting for Republican, Hazard would help the person get registered, just as we alleged and just as I find unbelievably offensive when it comes to elections, when it comes to democracy in America. So go to bradblog.com to read the full story, the full details on this amazing uh, story and this uh, rather bizarre turn of events from Nathan Spruill, who, hey, Nathan, I thought we were getting along just fine. I thought we were pals. I guess not. Uh, so we'll see if he uh, moves forward with his uh, threat of legal action. I hope not. Because while I understand he may want to get his uh, reputation back somehow, uh, attacking journalists and their First Amendment rights, journalists who are acting in good faith, journalists who have given him every chance to comment on any inaccuracies, uh, seems like a pretty stupid way to go about it. But what do I know? Okay, very quickly, before we go to Green News Report, uh, stand by Desi Doyen, uh, the Wisconsin militia, uh, <laughs> whoever the hell these people are, uh, have, are now threatening to confront Democrats who voted to recall Governor Scott Walker at the polls a couple of years ago. I, I don't have time for this because we've got to get to the Green News Report, but I will point you to the details at bradblog.com. They are amazing, uh, and they include uh, comments like, we can get our agents to watch their polling location, identify the individuals, and then follow them to their residence. One of these guys says, we prefer our people be armed. Some will be heading to some of Milwaukee, Racine, and Beloit's worst areas. We will be armed with a list of people to look for at each location. Someone else says, just so you are aware, I will not report Republicans, only Democrats. Uh, an amazing story, and this comes on the heels of two years ago when Scott Walker was recalled and we saw uh, supporters violently assaulted for attempting to collect recall signatures, some who were destroying recall petitions, some were arrested and charged for actually doing so, were making death threats by telephone. It's an amazing story. Check it out at bradblog.com. Let's do some green news. Continuing to melt out here in Los Angeles, 90 degrees today, longest summer ever. Uh, Desi Doyen, uh, it's, I always find it ironic when you are the cheeriest thing in any show. Well, not you. I know. You're well, cheery. I know, but the, uh, the, 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 the most green news report is the most upbeat news we have to offer right now. Yeah, it's pretty sad, isn't it? All right, uh, we are running late, uh, and it is a big climate week, so let's get to our latest green news report. Hundreds of thousands took to the streets of New York today, demonstrating for action on climate change. Green News Report special coverage, Climate Week 2014. We have to do something. Today is the day. The People's Climate March. If we do not take action now, we will have to pay much more. The protests on Wall Street. You can make history or you will be vilified by it. And the special U.N. Climate Summit. The alarm bells keep ringing. 
Our citizens keep marching. We cannot pretend we do not hear them. We have to answer the call. All of that special coverage and more straight ahead. From Bradblog.com, I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyen. Stand by for six minutes of independent green news, politics, analysis, and snarky comment. And today I call on all countries to join us. Not next year or the year after that, but right now. Wait, to join you in bombing people or to save the planet? This all gets so confusing. This is your Green News Report. Okay, Desi Doyen, our Nobel Peace Prize winner took time from bombing a war-ravaged country to speak to the U.N. later in the afternoon about climate change. (laughs) Yes, he did. And his speech followed on what was the single largest demonstration on climate change in world history. We're near the very front of the People's Climate March, and the sign behind me reads, Front Lines of Crisis, Forefront of Change. When we, uh, as activists, as, as people of faith who really care about this, step out and do something bold, it creates the space for others to step out and be bold. Final estimates put the People's Climate March in New York City on Sunday at about 400,000 people, way over estimates, stretching over 25 city blocks, tens of thousands more in satellite rallies in cities all around the world, demanding bold action at the special United Nations Climate Summit in New York. The march in New York City was amazing. They actually had to stop stop at 10 blocks early because it took so long for uh, the paraders to get through. And, of course, it was covered by really almost no one, at least as far as the networks go, which is amazing to me. Can you imagine if there were that many Tea Partiers protesting against climate action, it would be wall-to-wall on every network. Although, we should point out, NBC Nightly News was the only evening news show to cover the People's Climate March. Amazing. United Nations Secretary General Ban Ki-moon himself marched with the demonstrators, saying there is no alternative to action. There is no plan B, because we do not have planet B. Next, on Monday, reminiscent of Occupy Wall Street, about 100 people were arrested in New York's financial district at a massive sit-in. Over 1,000 people showed up to the Flood Wall Street demonstration. One organizer said on Twitter, the People's Climate March was about solutions, but Flood Wall Street was, quote, pointed at who is at fault for blocking climate action. That would be Wall Street and the fossil fuel industry profiteers period. They are the ones blocking everything. Monday also saw the launch of the sixth annual Climate Week in New York City, an international nonprofit event focused on sustainability. U.S. Secretary of State John Kerry opened up Climate Week with new commitments from the U.S. to assist developing nations, including a new World Bank program to create a methane emissions trading market to attract private investment. It doesn't cost more To deal with climate change, it costs more to ignore it and to put our head in the sand and continue down this road of obfuscation and avoidance. All of these events were timed to pressure world leaders at the special U.N. Climate Summit on Tuesday, pushing government and business leaders to mobilize the political will to prepare for final U.N. climate treaty negotiations in Paris in 2015. At the U.N. Climate Summit, President Obama pushed for all nations to work together to meet the challenge. We are the first generation to feel the impact of climate change and the last generation that can do something about it. Obama announced new executive orders requiring the U.S. government to factor in climate impacts when making new international development decisions. Tyranny. 
He also pointedly called out China to step up alongside the U.S. as the world's two biggest emitters, saying all nations must work together on this challenge. We can only succeed in combating climate change if we are joined in this effort by every nation, developed and developing alike. Nobody gets a pass. And at least from what we heard at the U.N. summit, it seems like China doesn't want to pass. They seem to be interested in playing along, despite what the uh, Republicans in this country like to pretend. Yeah, and it's not only China that is stepping up. It's major international organizations and big corporations like Apple and Ikea and Mars and the heirs of the Rockefeller Family Foundation, whose billion-dollar fortune was built on standard oil. Yeah, that's amazing. They announced they are divesting from fossil fuels and Entirely. When the Rockefellers are running from oil, you know the world is changing. Getting worried, fossil fuel industry? Good. For much more on Climate Week and all of the coverage out there, because it wasn't on the networks, check out our website at greennews.bradblog.com. Don't forget, download our reports anytime via TuneIn, Stitcher, or iTunes. And find us and follow us on the Facebook and the Twitters at Green News Report. From Bradblog.com, I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyen. And this has been your Green News Report. Desi Doyen, does marching in protest uh, ultimately make any difference anymore? Um, You know, it's going to be hard to tell, but I can say one thing. Not marching, not making the public come out and say anything, that definitely doesn't change anything. Good point. Thank you very much, Desi Doyen, our producer, my co-host on the Green News Report. If you missed any portion of today's broadcast, it will be up at bradblog.com later tonight. Also on iTunes, Stitcher, KPFK.org, etc. My thanks to G, our soundboard operator. We will be back with you uh, very soon. Until we are back with you, you can find me, as usual, on the Twitters at TheBradBlog and, of course, at BradBlog.com. I'm Brad Friedman. Good night, world. Good night, world.